Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of Almost Heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. Hey everyone, again, thank you for joining Art of the Assistant. And today we're taking a break from our normal subjects that we're dealing with. I hope the last two subjects on dealing with criticism was a blessing to you, if that can be a blessing as we talk about that subject. But I trust it was a help um, as we, we just go through times in life where it feels like that we are getting the bulk of the criticism and how the Lord can use that in our lives. But today joining with us is evangelist Aaron Coffey. We are so excited to have Aaron. He's been at Faith Baptist Church all week and just done a wonderful job with expository preaching and ministering by way of the word. But also Aaron travels with the team and they were just a real blessing to our church when it comes to music. And so I'm gonna put a little plug out for him. They are gonna have a, a married couple who's been traveling with them now three years and they're, they're branching off to another ministry. So he is looking um, for someone to come alongside and be part of that team. So if you've always dreamed of living in a camper, call me, you need help. But if, you, if you've dreamed of traveling and you love playing something with strings and the Lord's called you in those abilities and, and the Lord's stirring your heart right now and wherever you are about a possibility of something like that, reach out. Um, to Aaron Coffee Ministries, and they'd love to talk to you. And Aaron love to um, just just to hear hear from you, and and possibly work something out along those lines. But as we get started, Aaron's traveled for several years. He's got a many many years of background of seeing various churches and assistant pastors and pastors. He's seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he's coming with that experience. And we just want to pull from that. It's we sometimes get very um, cultural. And we know how things are in our state or we know how things are in our area, but he's had the opportunity to go all over the United States and to just to get a glimpse of the church as a whole and the body of Christ as a whole. So he brings some invaluable wisdom to us to the table today. So Dan and I are going to be asking him some questions and he's going to do um, the best that he can. To, to just share some of his heart and the things that he's seen as he traveled. But not only that, having a team, um, basically he has six, seven, eight assistants traveling with him that he's working with and that are there to come alongside and help him. And he's seen some of the good and the bad with that as well. And so just um, excited about the interview that we have here this morning. Also, before we get started, um, Dan and I have done our best to get our Art of the Assistant out on social media. And so Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter now has an Art of the Assistant page. So you can look us there, follow us there. We can't promise we're going to do their best <laughs> keeping up with it. Um, with our families, our ministries, the podcast, and everything else, it's difficult. I did really well for like a day, um, and I've dropped the ball already. But you can help us with that. You can make some posts. You can do some shares. You can throw some things out there that, that hey, we, we would love that as well. And you can help share the word through those through those. And so without further ado, we're going to get started this morning. Aaron, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. And as we get Thank started, you. why don't you just, um, for some of our listeners that don't know you, give us a little bit of your background and tell us what you're currently doing now. Well, uh, thank you for having me here. This is a blessing. I love what you guys are doing with this podcast. Um, just a, it's a blessing. And um, just uh, thankful to be able to be a part here today. My name is Aaron Coffey and I uh, travel um, 
across the country, working in churches and uh, preaching, holding conferences, uh, meetings, whatever people uh, call them today. Um, and I've been doing it for a long time. Started back in 2002 as a single guy traveling with uh, an evangelist named Steve Pettit. And then um, after traveling with him three years, I got married uh, to my wife. She was on the team with me as a single girl. And then we got married and started traveling with Will Galkin. Traveled with Will for almost five years, four and a half years. And then we started our own ministry and we've been going since 2010. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of crazy, it, it just seems like 2002 was yesterday that I started traveling with Steve. Wow. And um, uh, we have our, our team that travels and um, it's just a, a blessing. We love it. We have four kids, so uh, we're we're busy. We're in the middle of of uh, you know life, just like so many other people are, uh, being parents and trying to be a good husband and feeling like I'm failing all over the place. But you know, um, so it's, normal. Yeah, yeah, normal. I'm uh, so I hope people, especially as I'm preaching, I hope people realize that we're just normal people. But um, anyway, it's just a blessing to be in churches. We are in churches all over the place. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many hundreds of churches I've been in. You yeah. know, we're typically in about 25 to 30 churches a year. Mm -hmm. And um, and and we've been doing it since 2002. So That's great. Did you start off 2002 with a team? I mean, did you put a team together right off the bat and go? Or well, no, no, 2002 I was with. Or 2010. 2010. Yeah. No, actually, we went just a we went a couple years on our own. Did you before okay. we started having team members? Okay. Because we were just trying to get our, you know, settled and enrolling, yeah. and, and it was you know God was very kind to us. He was making a way. I had no idea this was what I was going to do. I had no aspirations to do this. I was just going to be a pastor. That's what mm -hmm. I wanted to be. And um, I'd been to seminary, and that's what I wanted to do. And then God, uh, you know, He's we were in so many churches with Pettit and then with Galkin that. You know, he just was preparing us because we mm -hmm. we were we've been we've been pretty full ever since we started. Yeah. Still, kind of getting our feet under us those first couple years, and then started having mm -hmm. team members. And That's great. Been a, a I think lot of fun. I think before we get started, just just a side note. You know, um, men, as as you're listening, and even some of the ladies, as you listen, I think. Sometimes in our circles, we do put the evangelist up on a different pedestal, mm -hmm. you know, and we kind of we, we <laughs> and, and we put them there and we think they're they're special um, and they are. I mean, these are servants of God. These these teams that are traveling, uh, you know, we we were building a house and living in a camper and we knew right away we were not called to evangelism <laughs> as we went through that. And it's not easy. Right. Uh, we had an evangelist come through not too long ago and they still have gifts they received 20 years ago when they got married they've never opened because they have no home wow. they've lived in a camper mm -hmm. and and it's not it's not an easy road and being that close quarters with your family um there's no hiding there's no getting away and and you need to pray for them um they're struggling they have hardships just like we do you know like man it must be nice just to blow in blow up blow out well tires blow up and water pumps blow up and churches you know um give them a couple bucks and send them on their way and they've got to come up with some of that and through covid these guys have really taken a hit as well mm -hmm. so pray for them pray for those guys that are on the road and and just encourage them when they come they're coming to be an encouragement to you but you be encouragement to them as well and we're going to talk about some of that today so aaron let's jump into the art of the assistant um guys listen to this they're probably fast forward most of this already let's get to the good <laughs> stuff so let's get to the good stuff 
um, when it comes to our podcast and we're talking about assistance. So right away, somebody's listening, they got their paper and pen out and they want to know what it takes to be a good assistant. So 20 years of traveling, having team members with you for 10 years assisting you. If you could just give us one, two, three things that, that stand out to you that make up a characteristic or a trait that makes up a good assistant, what would you say that is? Um, well, I think, you know, there's lots of, lots of things probably, I'm, I'm sure, probably the thing that stands out the most to me would probably be, um, probably just be a, a teachableness about them, mm. uh, humility and a teachableness. I, um, I just know... I know with myself being under men, and um, I, I'm I can be so hard-headed, and um, and I didn't realize it. You don't realize that you're not teachable when you're not teachable. Okay. And um, that's that's a powerful statement right there. Yeah, that's you, you have no clue, and I didn't have a clue. And it, you know, Steve Pettit had a way of helping me understand how unteachable I was <laughs> by teaching me loudly. But um, anyway. Uh, and, and then so many things, you know, so many judgmental thoughts that I, I had as an assistant that now I'm eating those thoughts and words now that I have assistants. Hmm. And, um, you know, anyway, I just think a humility and a teachableness about you. Uh, you know, you take a guy who knows how to admit, admit need and admit a struggle or admit when he's wrong and he isn't defensive, there is so much grace for that guy. Mm. But but then all of a sudden, if there's a resistance, you know, yeah. Um, so I, I and that's across the board. That's not just in that's in anything that yeah. you know that's in any any kind of a structure. But I think a a guy who's humble and teachable. You know, even this week we were looking in James chapter three and that the meaning of that word easy to be entreated, mm. that that uh, uh, bendable, moldable. Um, uh, you can you, you can hear. I think an assistant who can hear, um, you can talk to him. Mm. So I mean, I think that, and then I, I think I think assistant um, man who can be flexible, who can knows how to roll as things are because I think assistants get thrown lots of curveballs I mean yeah. a pastor gets thrown lots of curveballs too but he passes them off to his assistant a lot of yeah. times he does you know and um, and then and then you know the, the guys who have been on my team who have served me the most and they're such a rebuke to me because I feel like they were much better assistants than I was but just guys that just see problems and move towards them and they just show initiative um, you know, and that it's not like they sit back and wait to be told what to do. They're just like constantly moving towards problems, moving towards things. And then, and then I think um, seeing people uh, sometimes, um, and I know some sometimes maybe the lead shepherd um, is looked to. He's the one who's got to see people. Um, but man, I think I think an assistant who can see people. You know, is huge. So, explain see people for me. What do you mean, like um, going out and and greeting the crowd instead um, of hiding behind the base, or what do you mean by that? Well, I I think I think see see people's needs, see people 
um, not just see tasks, but see people. And maybe it's it's um, it's getting out and greeting mm-hmm. on a Sunday, mm-hmm. as opposed to being so wrapped up in details. And and on one side, I mean that's such a blessing because, man, um, if 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 an assistant can be so into, uh, I mean, can his gift is naturally maybe doing details and it frees up the pastor mm-hmm. to be the people seer. Yeah. I mean, that's such a blessing to a pastor. Yeah. At the same time, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's Mary and Martha, mm-hmm. you know, our, our assistants. Oh, those are just all the, yeah. all the Marthas of the church. Yeah. No, I, I think if we're, I think all of us, if we're going to be followers of Christ, we got to see people. Mm-hmm. That's not just the lead pastors. Right. Right. Thing. And so, um, so that's what I mean by seeing people. That's good. That's good. Not just the children's pastor shouldn't just see children or the youth, just the youth. It's, you know, they should love yeah. the body of Christ yeah. as a whole. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. My pastor has always said that, you know, we need to be people focused and not project focused. And yeah. I mean, that's just another way of, of putting what, what you just said. Um, when we have, I think pastors and assistants are, are kind of placed together. And as you travel, you see this, you know, a pastor might be administrative um, by nature. Maybe the assistant's not. Treg, I think it was a couple episodes uh, ago that you made this statement, um, and it was impactful to me, that if two guys are thinking alike, there's not need for, you know, for one of them. So that team um, that, that you place around you, if everybody's thinking alike, then you're looking at the situation like you're approaching the situation like, and I mean that's not that's not what the Bible talks about when like-minded. Um, and I, I don't mean to to get us off track of the the uh, line of questioning, but um, do you um, do you find that disagreements in in your team? Um, it's been my experience. I just wanted you to weigh in on it. Rarely have to do with a doctrinal. Position. I mean, we're not sitting around disagreeing about what the Bible says about something. Most of the time, it's uh, a practical or an administrative uh, style or something like that that we're disagreeing on. But would you weigh in on that? Yeah, you know, my, my team is so you know unique in that we spend all day together every day. Hmm. We live together. We drive together. We eat together. We never get away from each other. And. Um, and so we see we see each other's junk. My my team sees every, uh, when I sin, they all see it. Hmm. Um, when I'm irritated, they all see it. So, so if you're having a bad day, it's not like everybody doesn't know, right? So, um, so it's super raw, um, and we just have to we just have to you know. There's a lot of apologizing and asking for forgiveness and admitting that we're wrong. We have to, or we wouldn't roll. Uh, we couldn't roll. Um, so that being the case, yeah, there's tensions. There's things that rise. It's never on a position. It's always on somebody being selfish. Hmm. Almost always. Hmm. Yeah. And so you know, you you know, you you your flesh comes leaking out, and like everybody saw it. You know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? You're gonna admit it and. And, and there's so, there's so much grace when people are real and honest and 
then then there's there's struggle. It, the hardest thing is when people don't, you know, won't admit it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and don't see it. And then and then and then we all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking to one of my team members last night. We, you know, we went to Applebee's and we're just talking and just trying to talk through some blind spots. Nothing malicious. Mm-hmm. Just blind. And I got them. And my wife is so good for me, you know, mm. sticking that mirror in front of my face, helping me see him. <laughs> and um, um, and I was, you know, kind of gently trying to help him see something. And um, but anyway, it, it, uh, I would say most. Back to your question, sorry. But I would say most disagreements inside of a team, be it a pastoral team or whatever. Yeah, it's it's very rarely is it, you know, a a doctrinal right. biblical disagreement it's it's almost always i mean only by pride comes contention mm-hmm. so you can be guaranteed us you know james chapter 4 um where's this war coming from between mm-hmm. us oh it's it's your selfish ambitions mm-hmm. it's always at the core yeah i want something and i'm not getting what i want and i mean it doesn't matter if it's you know, I'm wanting a little respect here. I'm wanting a little free time, or I was really counting on Saturday being off, and mm. whatever it may be, we had something we wanted, we weren't getting it, and so we're struggling. You know, that's what James says. Hmm. But sometimes I just want it, you know, um, and and want it there. So in that frustration, okay, maybe it is selfish ambition, or you know, something has has built up. Okay, and something is built up, and and come, Aaron, and pastors, sometimes they feel trapped, and they have no one to talk to. Okay, they have no one to communicate with, and you show up on the scene, and now I've got an ear. This guy's not going to tell anybody. You know, he's yeah. he's going to be here for a little bit. He's going to be gone, and and they just these pastors throw up on you. You get that all the time. It's probably one of two. If if I'm right, I'm going to say it's one of two things. One, they want to throw up, and two, they want to hear all the gossip of everything that's going on. What did you hear about this? And what did you hear about that? You know, tell me about this. So, that that's our I guess our nature as pastors sometimes. But when when a pastor sits down and you guys are having coffee or lunch or whatever, and he starts talking about his staff and says, "Man, my my assistant is driving me crazy," or "I, I don't know what I'm going to do with him." When, when a pastor has some frustration with an assistant, you know, what, what do you see as the, the root problem there? Is the root problem the pastor? Is it the assistant? Um, maybe both. And, and what are some, some things that you've seen in that? You say, man, if he or, you know, the pastor or the assistant would just avoid this or deal with this, this wouldn't even be a problem. Have you experienced that or heard that or seen anything like that? Well, I mean, I, I, when when you're when you're dealing with being frustrated, um, I think it's always safe to look in. What you know? What are my expectations? What did I want? What was I? You know? And I think both both sides of any conflict have to roll there first. James, mm-hmm. I mean, just back to James. Mm-hmm. James is saying, stop pointing fingers at somebody else. Point fingers at yourself. And I don't care if it's a pastor. I don't care if it's an assistant. Right. I don't care if it's me or if it's my wife. I don't care if it's me or one of my team members. That's how we need to roll first. Is what's what? What do, what do I want? What you know? Um, because a lot of times our frustrations, while 
while they, they may be, you know, um, you know, this person really maybe needs to change this. Yeah. But, man, God, God wants to teach me something always. Right. And so let's start there and, um, and let's roll yeah. with that. I think just your common frustrations, though, um, you know, I, 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 man, if you just get down to the core of, of some good communication, I think there's not mm. good communication. Yeah. So many times, um, you know, a pastor wanted this. But, I mean, I think any good leader, okay, so any good leader is going to say the buck stops here. Okay. Any good leader. So if a pastor's frustrated, you know, I, I remember Pettit always used to say to me, a good leader, you know, tells them why, shows them how, gets them started, keeps them going. And mm. at, at any point, somebody who's subordinate to you is not doing that. You go find out where you dropped the ball in that process. Wow, you didn't. Really you either didn't tell them how. I mean, you didn't tell them why, you didn't show them how, you didn't get them started, or you didn't keep them going. Mm-hmm. You can point fingers all day long, but at the end of the day, a good leader is going to say, you know what, the buck stops here, i got to be better. Right. i, I got to be a better leader. Yeah. So that being the case, I, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm dropping the ball somewhere all the time. But but then that doesn't mean that, that your assistant isn't struggling. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your assistant's maybe dropping the ball in a place. And so at, at what point of those four things does the leader come in and help them? And um, you know it, it's got to come in somewhere, and I think um, I think a, a a pastor will be frustrated if a if a assistant doesn't hear him, mm-hmm. or if a, you know, like I said a while ago, if a if an assistant isn't teachable, mm-hmm. or if a, if an assistant defends themselves, um, it's like. And it's just so hard because I mean a pastor needs to be gentle. What if a pastor's harsh? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, sorry, I, I'll make so many things, so many roads for me go back to Pettit. Mm-hmm. Um, Pettit would let things, you didn't know that he was struggling with you. And then and then he would kind of want to, to have several instances so he could help you see it clearly. Mm-hmm. But then when he hit you with it, it felt like he was hitting you with a fire hose, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and sometimes I would, he would be... He would be 80% right, but maybe 20% in the way he handled it was a little harsh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, guess what percent I focused on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would totally miss what he was trying to And And um, so for me as his assistant, and then now me having assistants, I um, obviously the, the, the leader needs to do it correctly. Um, and needs great grace to do that. But man, if an assistant, if he can be, if he can hear, mm-hmm. and he can be humble, and he can be teachable, mm-hmm. um, and you know, but so I think it's frustrating as, as a leader when you when you feel like your assistant um, makes excuses. Yeah. Or, no, I think that's good. Um, was it Jocko that wrote the book Extreme Ownership? You know, so in every situation, as the leader. You've got to take ownership. Yeah. You know, he was a Navy SEAL. They'd have something blow up. It could have been the communications guy that dropped the ball. But he's like, but why didn't I communicate to the communication guy? You yeah. know, and where did I fail in that training? And and so a lot of times it comes to it comes to that. And and I think sometimes too, um, if your pastor is not a communicator and you guys are listening, you're like, yes, but that's not what I'm getting. You know, sometimes you guys are going to have to pray for wisdom that God will help you see between the lines. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. and and try to figure out, okay, where is he coming from? Why is it seem like he's a little irritated with me? And even if he's not going to communicate that, how can I become better? Yeah. Maybe you're not going to be there forever because that's driving you crazy. But but if we, again, this is like the James series. If you lack wisdom, God will give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God will open your eyes to see maybe some areas that I can improve in yeah. and, and help get this relationship back where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and with that, and so, but I think again, you know, we started our whole podcast off with art of communication yeah. because of the right. essential um, place that communication has in our ministries and how often we avoid it because we hate confrontation. But Aaron, you just told me the other day, man, I love when contention hits the team. <laughs> and and you just want to, you want to explain that, you know, when you talked about that. Well, it's just and so, why it's just so good, you know. Um, like remember the other day when I was talking about that pastor who, who was talking about um, how's your church going, and he said, "Great, God's really kicking up the kicking dirt up in my the church." Dirt. Yeah, and um, and how that doesn't seem awesome, but it is. If we're really submitted to Christ and He is helping us to see, David, when he said, "You know, search me, test me, try me, my heart, my mind." my thoughts see mm-hmm. if there be any wicked way in me help me see it mm-hmm. it's great when God helps you see it it's going to mm-hmm. be gross yeah okay so then all of a sudden you have a contentious moment between a couple people and it's like on one side everybody's you know you, you can be up in arms they did what he said what you know it's like oh these are great moments because because <laughs> because, because your flesh came flying to the surface and I think people who have the spirit of God in them and are walking with God, they're going to be able to see that and say, oh, man, that was me. I did that. Mm-hmm. It's great when God and his kindness lets us see how deep our nasty goes. Because like, you know, it's kind of gross, but my, we talk about a flesh burp, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you know, it's gross. But mm-hmm. I, that came out of me. Mm-hmm. It's because it's in our hearts. Only, only out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So, you no, know, that wasn't an accident. You said it because... That's who you are. Mm. I said it because that's who I am. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. You know, and so I think I, th- I, I think conflicts makes you know. Yeah. Makes us makes us be real. Yeah, it's good. That's that's good. The art of dealing with conflict. I like it. I like it. All right. So, next question I've got on my list here for you, Aaron. You know, I love discipleship. You wouldn't have a team if you didn't love discipleship. Mm-hmm. I think it's the heart of the New Testament. I think it's who we are. Jesus had 12 disciples so they could be with him. And I brought, you know, my youth pastor on as an intern so so we could do that. And so I have someone there to mentor, and I'm mentoring the young men in my church. And, and we love it. But sometimes in ministry, man, we get busy. And, you know, I, you've got your responsibilities. I got my responsibilities. Let's go. And, and there's not mentoring that goes on. I did a survey on a Facebook site, Ministerial Connection Facebook site, and it was like 60% of the assistant pastors or pastors said they did not feel like they were mentored the way they needed to be before going into the senior pastorate. And so that's a staggering number, you know, out of 100 guys that take a survey. And, and so when you're traveling, are you seeing this mentoring going on um, between pastors and their, and their assistant pastors? And, and if so, um, great. You know, why is that important? But if not, why do you think that, that pastors are not seeing the need to mentor these men that are there with them? Um, well, I think discipleship and mentoring um, 
you know, on one side, it's kind of it's kind of a buzz thing right now, um, and then on the other side, it really needs to be a buzz thing right now because <laughs> I don't think it's gone on great, and I think a lot of people realize it. I mean, I, you know, I heard a pastor one time when confronted with, "Hey, um, can we have discipleship? Can you disciple the the men in your church? Um, so, you know, can you disciple some?" you know, in a smaller Mm -hmm. setting, some men in your church. He said, well, I I, I disciple my whole church from the pulpit. Yeah. I mean, you know, Christ preached to multitudes, but he discipled 12. And even in those, there was three. There's three. Mm -hmm. That he poured into more deeply. So there's definite levels. Yeah, you preach to your whole church, but then you've got, you know, some men. And I mean, if if Christ only discipled 12, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I, 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 I think having 12 men that you're discipling would be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I think I think the fact that there was three specifically that he poured into even more deeply tells me that a pastor can't pour but so much into so many people. I mean, I have six people on my team, team plus plus four kids and then plus my wife and my wife is my and my children are my most important responsibility and then these team members and um I, and I feel like I blow it all the time, um, but I think it's so so important, and I I I think that people are starting to realize how important it is, and I think a lot of pastors, especially young pastors, are feeling the weight and the need and the responsibility, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and 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 as for people who are doing it and doing it well, I tell you, typically guys who do it well. I feel like our guys who themselves were discipled. I've been with a lot of old guys. It's like, I know I don't disciple and I know I need to, but my problem is I don't know how Mm -hmm. because I was never discipled. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had an older pastor say that exact thing to me. I know I need to be discipling. I just don't know how. Mm. He's like, I know how to preach. Um, But, and and, and so then, then you come to, well, do we have a misunderstanding of what discipleship is? Because, I mean, you know, um, I do think there's times that need to be scheduled, mm-hmm. you know. I'm a product of Steve Pettit and Will Gawkin, Gawkin uh, investing in me. Yeah. I really am a product of that. So I knew when I had a team, I've got to have people with me. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I've been invested and in it. it's almost like I felt the weight of a stewardship. This has been given mm-hmm. to me and poured into me. And I'm a, you know, I'm good for nothing if I don't, if I'm not willing to turn around and and try. I don't feel like I'm near the disciple that the two of them were. But um, but I uh, um, people who, so I'm a product of it. I really am. But then I, I, I think you take an older generation who really struggles. Um, you know, what, what does it look like? What does it need to look like? I mean, there was structured, you know, mm-hmm. Pettit, there was structured weekly Bible study together in which we sat around the Word and he discipled us. Mm-hmm. And I try to do that. Yeah. I try to do that every week. And I think I think pastors should do that. Here's probably my, my biggest thing that I would say, though. This is something that Will Gawkin said to me. When he was leaving Pettit's team and I was staying behind, um, uh, because I felt like the discipleship that I got from Steve was um, 
structured because we met once a week and we went through stuff. But then, but then Will told me he said, he said there's a lot of um, discipleship that that's there to be caught. You just, mm-hmm. yeah. He said I, I think I think you'll miss it if you're not mm-hmm. looking for it. So you know what he did? He he challenged me. He said you ought to go in. Steve doesn't even realize that Will told me this. Peta doesn't realize that I sought to do this. But he said, you need to go in there every week of your life. You need to walk into his trailer and go in there with two or three questions. And he said, Aaron, he said he drops off gold everywhere. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's it, it, you will be discipled and it won't even be him trying to disciple mm-hmm. you. Yeah. He said, you'll get it in the weekly structure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how many times did Jesus call the disciples around and say, okay, guys, here's structured discipleship time? <laughs> yeah. No, he just said, come walk yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. And he just was dropping it yeah. off all along. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, you wonder what made the, those three those three. I mean, Christ was, you know, but I wonder if they were the, the greatest question askers. Right. Mm-hmm. They're the ones dropping in the trailer asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would do it. I would go mm-hmm. in. It didn't matter if it was a theological question, a philosophical question, a church planning question, a music question. It would just. I just was going in saying, "Hey, can I can I have a few minutes? I got a couple questions." And I just was dropping my questions, and he was dropping gold. <laughs> and he, it was not, it was very organic. But I think any, I, I really think any assistant, even if he feels like my pastor isn't investing in me, hmm. if he wants it, I bet it's there. Hmm. If he will go searching for it, uh, bam. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Because honestly, those conversations, the, the question is just a starting point. Those conversations oh, lead yeah. into oh, many, yeah. many different areas. Yeah. And you're right. You're absolutely well, right. Man, that's that's good. really good. We're going to wrap things up here soon, but a practical question. Many times you're dealing with assistants coming in, coming into the church, setting up, getting things ready. Um, what can some of these guys that's got you know teams coming in, uh, this spring or this fall, what are some things an assistant pastor can do to go above and beyond to make life easier for an evangelist or a team coming in? <laughs> what are some things that help you guys? Oh, be, be, um, don't be shocked by how crazy my kids are. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and and I feel like I feel like assistants are. Man, they they're uh, they're awesome. I feel like they're at least with us. I feel like they're so gracious and patient, putting up with us. You know, we come in and we have some some needs. Um, you know, you, Jeremy this week, he's just been such a blessing. Yeah, I mean, just over the top. Um, it's like I, we, we, you know, with the school and adjusting things, and I mean, we have a few things that. It, we have a few things we need to keep kind of scheduled and normal with school, with our kids, and just a few things. I mean, if every week we had to totally change our whole structure, I mean, oh, it would it'd be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, with just some things that we try to just so we can get stuff done, and yeah. um, and so like, man, Jeremy this week as that he was just working it to where we could have this room and and this and he just has been such a blessing and um so i think the flexibility and kind of i guess maybe understanding that 
we have a few things in our schedule just with our family life and team life that if they can if we can have maintain some structure and some things yeah then at the same time we want to be flexible yeah. you know we want to flex any way we can um but if if but man an assistant who just can kind of understand um that that there's some things that uh, J- Jeremy's been incredible. Mm-hmm. He just has been so kind and patient and asking a ton of questions. I think his communication has been so... Prior. Yeah, communication prior and then communication during. Mm-hmm. I told him to do that. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> been awesome. That's what he did, yeah. So uh, he's just been such a, a kind servant. So I think an assistant, as far as we are concerned, um, you know, uh, being understanding of a few things and, and rolling with um, just a few things. At the same time, I don't want to sound like you got to flex everything to us. We're, we want to flex to you. Yeah, you know, no. we really do. But no. there are certain things that you have to have that auditorium time and your kids yeah. need a place to do homeschooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are yeah, certain yeah, things that have yeah. to be done. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. That's good. Very good. All right, last question. So these guys are listening, and they're they're maybe praying about the pastor. They're going into the pastorate. Assistant pastors, over the last 20 years you've been traveling, would you say that a vast majority of them stepped into a pastorate role after so many years as an assistant? Or do you see them staying in that assistant role? Man, I've seen both. Okay. I've, seen, um, I've seen lots of past, you know. Um, I, I think it's so important you know, I mean, if you look at the New Testament, if you look at the, I mean, Paul never one time did he say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. He went and, and the church of uh, in Antioch um, saw his giftedness and saw mm. his burden and they went and did it. And I think pastors need to be involved in helping guys hmm. recognize their gifts. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big missing point in our mm-hmm. world, to be totally mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. And I think um, uh, I, I think a pastor needs to be looking and recognizing and then loosely holding on to so that he can be helping them into that role if that's where they need to be yeah. going. Um, or helping them see, you know what, this is really where your gifts are. Yeah. So yeah. I see lots of guys who, because I think, I think, being under a pastor as an assistant learning under him i think it's right and appropriate for that to be a stepping stone into ministry at the same time you got some guys who it is such just a stepping stone for them that they actually miss the ministry right there mm-hmm. and um, they got to watch out for that too yeah that it's so you know, oh, I'm just here for two years, then I'm going to do what God really has called me to do. No, God's <laughs> yeah. called you right there. Right, yeah. yeah. With those people and that ministry, go be there, pour your heart there. You need to learn how to, I mean, most guys need to learn how to be a good follower before they're ever going to be a good leader. That's good. I mean, I say most guys. I say, I think all guys. You you better learn how to be a good follow, you know, follower um, before you ever are going to make a good leader. Hmm. And I mean... I, I say that, and that's very convicting to me because I look back at my following, and man, that was some deficiencies in my following, you know. Yeah. Um, and God just is kind, and um, 
and you know now he's putting me in, in a different role. But I mean, both. I mean, some guys. I've been with some guys though. I, a couple people popped in my mind immediately. I've been assistants for thirty hmm. years, hmm. forty years. It's just what God's called them to. Yeah. yeah. And they are gifted. They are second men, and they. It's what God's called them to. It's and they are just. Joshua's who lift up the hands of their of their pastor, yeah. and they are great in that role. Um, you know, as as Joshua's and Caleb's, and then and then you know, get some stay as Caleb's, and then some move on yeah. to be the leaders. And God's the one who does that. And I think senior pastors need to help see assistants see. You know what's going on. I yeah. think assistance. I think there should be good communication there. I hate hearing stories where uh, a pastor is shocked that his assistant is moving on. Mm. They should have been talking about that all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that pastor should be helping him in that. Yeah. I've heard stories of of an assistant saying, "Hey, I really think God is is wanting me to be in a in a senior role and." Mm-hmm. Man, the, the pastor doesn't know that he's been talking over here, and then all of a sudden he says, "Hey, I'm leaving." I mean, I, I've 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 had this church call me, and I really think that I, we're going to do this yeah. next year. And the pastor's ticked at him and says, "Oh, well, if you're leaving, then leave now." Yep, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something not right about that whole thing. Yeah. There needs to be there should be incredible communication, yeah. Um, yeah. and they sh- that should be a partnership. Mm-hmm. A pastor should see. And I know it's always sad for a pastor and maybe even scary for a senior pastor to see his assistant leaving, you know. Who's, uh, and so over time that, you know, that should be a working together of two men whose hearts are so bound together that this is a pastor helping this assistant mm-hmm. go this direction. Yeah, it's good. No, it's good, man. Dan, anything so, else? I would, I would just say, you know, to an assistant pastor listening, we talk a lot about how maybe things should be or what's wrong. And you may be looking at your situation and go, well, that's just not where I am. That's not the kind of relationship that I have with my pastor. That's not the relationship that I have with my ministry leader. And I would just encourage you to be the one to cultivate that. Hmm. If your pastor is not cultivating that relationship, you can. And you can stop by the trailer. You know, you can stop by his office and start asking questions. And, you know... You, you can show grace when there's um, maybe a, a harshness that comes across. And it, it doesn't mean that you can't have that. Don't wait for him to cultivate. You start cultivating that. And um, you'd be surprised how the Lord will bring him along in that relationship mm-hmm. as well. So really good stuff. You, you dropped some gold. <laughs> That's awesome. Very good. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening again. Aaron Coffee Ministries. You can look that up online, and they've got some great music on iTunes and Spotify. You can download as well, and um, some pretty cool coffee cups that I'm drinking out of this morning that you might be able to purchase too. And so you can look them up. And if you have any questions for Aaron, I'm sure he'd love to answer them. Or a member on his team can direct those questions directly to him. Again share this with somebody you know it'll be a blessing too and if we can help you or serve you in any way please do not hesitate to ask have a wonderful week and we look forward to joining you again